Yes, you're listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, open mic, January the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and it gives you the opportunity to phone us and ask a theological question. We'll be glad to try to answer it. Numbers, St. Louis, 821-0850. Toll free, 1-800-730-2722. Seven. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot get calls from some of our listeners in uh, Asia, Australia, uh, Novosibirsk, England, but they often listen afterwards uh, as it's archived, our various programs. Before I take a call, I do want to say one thing that a lot of the country is talking about right now. The Golden Globes Awards took place, and one of the winners was actress Michelle Williams. She talks about trying her very best to live a life of my own making and not a series of events that happened to me, but one that I could stand back and look at and recognize my handwriting all over sometimes messy and scrawling, sometimes useful and precise, but one that I have carved with my own hand. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing a woman's right to choose, to choose when to have my children and with whom, when I felt supported and able to balance our lives, as all mothers know, that the scales must and will tip towards our children. What is she saying? Everyone understood it, that she was saying she's glad that abortion is around because she would not have been the actress she is had it not been for her ability to abort children. Now, how many children she aborted, she did not say. She already has one child, and in fact... We heard afterwards that she is pregnant with another child. What are we going to say about this? I'll tell you, it wasn't that long ago I saw a very, very interesting movie, and it was based on transcripts when Nazis were gathered together trying to figure out how to get rid of the Jews. And they came, of course to a decision of having camps where Jews were put to death in gas chambers. And they could really do a lot of murders during that time. And I'm sure they, and it was kind of obvious, these leaders of the Nazi regime, as well as Hitler, would say the same thing that Michelle Williams said. I'm really glad that I am able to achieve the status I have in Germany because we have the freedom to murder Jews. This is really what Michelle Williams is saying. You have the freedom to murder your own child. And this is why she was able to have more time in becoming an actress that won a Golden Globes Award.
when are people going to understand that abortion is not just putting asleep some blob of tissue within the woman's body? I mean, can you imagine going up to a pregnant woman who is near birth and saying, well, how does that blob of tissue feel in you? She would be really objecting to that phraseology. No, this is my baby. We, we've already named it. Uh, look how many times women are very sad when a baby dies in the womb that they had wished to bring to birth. What really surprised me is at the Golden Globes Award, the people in the audience applauded when she said this. Now, this reminds me again of Nazi Germany. Many people were applauding the death of these Jews, participating in them. And a lot of people don't realize that a number of aborted babies are from Jewish mothers who decided, maybe like Michelle, that it was more important to do my acting ability, to do my business, than it was to have a baby. So let's get rid of the baby. We do know that the pro-abortion group is was founded by a woman who was trying to get rid of black children. This is well known. Everybody knows this. And take a look at the number of abortions that take place in the United States. The vast majority of them are black children. So the pro-abortion group is achieving its goal. Being abortion is really being racist. Because we want to choose which children in our womb have the right to be born. And therefore, I mean, it's just almost amazing. You can read this a number of times where she says, in talking about how she became a good actress, I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing a woman's right to choose. How would you like to be her child and hear that? And you're wondering, well, Mom... Why didn't you abort me? And how about the child within her? This is where we are at in this country in regard to abortion. People applaud when they hear that Jews or blacks or white children are being murdered. And they applaud it because a very interesting item occurred recently I was looking at where it was found that many women, I believe they had this on issues, etc. Many women are trying to become men. In other words, they feel that their lives are really fulfilled when they have a nine to five job. And of course, if they have a job they have to be at, nine to five, and they have children, 
they wouldn't be around their children as much as they should be. In other words, job status trumps bringing up children in the lives of many of these women. Now, you can still be a mother and have a job, particularly if there's not sufficient funds. Perhaps your husband died. Perhaps you have no husband. And you got pregnant out of wedlock, decided not to abort, have a children. I had individuals in my congregations where they were working, sometimes two jobs, and yet they still were finding time to take their children to uh, basketball games or be with them at their school and very conscious about the importance of bringing up in the holy Christian faith. So it is possible. But to have this attitude that children get in the way of your advancement in society, we can understand her attitude which is really quite contrary to the scriptures. She says, I'm grateful for the acknowledgement of the choices I've made, and I'm also grateful to have lived in a moment in our society where choice exists. Because as women as and, and as girls, things can happen in our bodies that are not our choice. Well, it's obviously, I I believe I also read that the man with whom she's living, she's, of course, not married to, and a lot of women, in my view, become prostitutes by living with men to whom they are not married. And the men love it because it's free. And when they find another woman, they'll just leave that one and go to someone else. That's the kind of society we're kind of living in at this point. So I do not regard highly any man or woman who is living with someone else without marriage, if you understand what I'm speaking about. Because this means you're going to have real problems. Now, she's trying to defend herself in what she said But I don't think she's doing a very good job. Because when you pit or contrast the importance of a woman having a job with the importance of a woman having children to the point that you're going to get rid of the children so you can become a good worker, that's a woman who doesn't think that they're worthy unless they act as a man who often have full-time jobs and are the breadwinners. It's a problem that the churches need to be dealing with. In the congregation I was at for 28 years, we excommunicated, I believe, six individuals, and three of them were over marriage problems cheating on their spouse, or living together apart from marriage. And sometimes the country doesn't make it easy. For example, a number of senior citizens have decided to live together without marriage, 
because if they get married, then they lose some of their Social Security money, which they need to keep on going, they think. But it's still a decision that needs to be made according to God's word. Today, therefore, when you have audience applauding the murder of children, you begin to wonder, how were these children brought up? Well, many of them were brought up with parents who did not go to church and therefore did not think it necessary to take their children to church. And I can understand that. Because take a look at the United Methodist Church right now. Would you be wanting to go to a church where the pastor is a woman married to another woman and they are pushing not only the LGBT agenda, but also pushing abortion and that women can become men, even in a transgendered way? All of these things contrary to the word of God. No wonder there are so many problems in these relationships. No wonder suicide is so high in the homosexual movement. Now, yesterday we talked about the division that appears to be occurring and the split in the United Methodist Church. If anybody wants to talk about this or anything else or what I just spoke of concerning Michelle Williams... Uh, don't hesitate to call. Numbers, St. Louis, 8210850. Toll free, 1-800-730-2727. We do not want this country joining with the Nazis in really feeling good about the murder of children, even if they're not Jewish, in order that we might be able to raise ourselves up in society. You see, there's a huge split in the country. And unlike the time of the Reformation, where the split was basically over doctrine, oh yes, there were some immoral kinds of situations that were being dealt with even back then. But the main thing was, the Roman Catholic view, that were saved not by grace, through faith, but by using God's grace to do good works in order to make ourselves worthy to be saved. That was contradicted by Martin Luther. And therefore, we believe that salvation is a gift. It's not something we merit. But today's division in a lot of churches are not really so much about doctrine. They've just left doctrine. The ELCA, for example, they're not very, shall we say, eager to send out missionaries because from their point of view, it doesn't matter if you're not Christian. You're still going to be saved by Jesus because he died for everyone. And so the missionary activity is really down. And what is up is support for LGBT, abortion, and so forth. All right. Our uh, phone numbers, 
are available, 821-0850 or 1-800-730-2727. And I believe we're going to start with, is this Steve? Hi, Steve. Yeah, this is Steve. Um, Hi. How can I Uh, help you? Yeah, I just, you know, I'm saddened by what was, well, the award show, I watched part of it, and I'm saddened by what's said on those award shows in general. I haven't watched one for years, but... Moving on, when you talk about the United Methodist Church, I go to one, and, you know, I don't hear what you're talking about. So I would be careful to label the whole, you know, religion or, I don't know, uh, as 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 one bad one from whatever group is doing what you described, because the churches I've been to don't, don't do that. They don't, you know, they're not pro-abortion or gay and lesbian lifestyle. So I wouldn't just you know, label the whole Methodist that way from one example. Yeah, if you had listened to our uh, broadcast yesterday, we made a very clear distinction between congregations who are very traditional in believing the Bible in the United Methodist Church versus other congregations that are going with the LGBT. And if you take a look at the proposed split, it's going to be the traditional churches that are going to have to leave the United Methodist Church, and the LGBT group is going to take over control. And at their first convention, they've indicated that they will take out of your understanding that uh, homosexual pastors are okay. You can also marry within the same gender. That's the church you are belonging to. It may not be the congregation you're belonging to, But if that happened in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, like, for example, there were going to be a split and we were going to allow women pastors, many of us would not consider our denomination to be faithful. Well, I understand that, and I did listen to most of yesterday. I did get out of my car to uh, help a homeless person and didn't hear part of it. But... um... And, and I understand you did that yesterday, but today what you were saying was really kind of lumping the whole religion as one. I think that's religion. a good point. I just didn't think that was fair. You're, you're right. That, that wasn't fair uh, the way I had said that, and so I really am glad that you corrected that because I know some United Methodist folks, as I know some ELCA individuals that are as conservative as I am when it comes to the Bible, but they are unable to control the leadership and so that's a very good point that you're making, and I apologize for giving that wrong impression. Okay. Well, thanks, and God bless. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much for calling. Yes, being on the air here a lot of times, we just say things, and I'm glad we have those ears out there. In fact, That really reminds me that one of the things I'm seeing people walk all around here yesterday and today because the first regional conference of making disciples for life is going on. And this is very, very interesting about how this is different than most seminars. In other words, at most seminars... You go and you listen to speakers challenging you to change your behavior or giving you information as to what you should correct in your congregations. 
But what this Making Disciples for Life is doing is that they are listening to the people attending in order that the leaders in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, might grow smarter. And I, I'm reading this from the Making Disciples for Life. May, may grow smarter about the ways to best work together. We hope to create powerful feedback channels through which our resources, our opportunities, and our mission can be evaluated, shared, and undertaken. We want to learn about the gifts and resources the Lord has given to our church outside of our individual experiences. We want to learn about the gaps in our resources. Now, this is the leadership of the Missouri Synod speaking. And discover the best ways to create what the church really needs. We want to get to know one another and fulfill the Bible's depiction of the church as a body in which all the parts work together for the common good. And then they give this sentence that I think is really helpful. Traditional conferences and resource sharing events tend to be information dumps. In other words, the leaders dump information they think you need to know. Experts speak to rooms full of people. They tell the audience why they are failing. A change in mindset, activity, and behavior is all you need to succeed, in quotes. But, and I like this part, in terms of law and gospel, this is harsh law studies and have shown that conferences structured this way have little lasting impact. So the first difference in these conferences, they're built on the baseline idea that we need to respect the wisdom, insights, and needs of forgiven sinners who daily engage in our shared mission. Now, I do that quite a bit. I am now at my sixth congregation helping them as they're calling a pastor. I come to a congregation and I stay there until they call a pastor. Then I leave and then hopefully there's another congregation that needs my help. And I've been there from anywhere from six months to a year and a half at each of these congregations. And a lot of times I'll come in and, for example, for Christmas, I said um, to some of the elders, I said, okay, what are we going to do for a Christmas Eve service? And they looked at me and said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, no, it's not what I want to do. I want to follow what you do in your regular kind of worship. And the previous pastor had done a wonderful liturgy put together where we were singing hymns, uh, reading psalms, and other things. And this is my practice. I don't come in as an interim pastor in order to make changes that I would want to make had I been called as a permanent pastor. Now, I, I don't want to be called as a permanent pastor. An interim pastor is just to take care of a congregation. So I want to do the things that they do. Uh, for example, last Sunday it was Epiphany, and they asked, well, should we continue to light the Advent wreath? And I said, well, what did you do in the past? And one of the members said, well, we would only light the Christ candle once Advent is over. And I said, well, that's what we're going to do today. In other words, this conference 
is listening to the people in the congregations. What do we need to help you with in our resources that can be better prepared for your congregation? This is a very, very important making disciples for life. In fact, so many people signed up for it that they already have enough for the next conference that will occur in April of 2020 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So this is what we do on Law and Gospel 2. We listen to people and appreciate calls like Steve where we were being a little biased in our interpretation of the United Methodist Church in comparison to what we said yesterday. So he helped correct us. That's the kind of callership we love. I'm Tom Baker. Be with us Monday for a long gospel again. God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.